Test one, two. One, two, one, two. All right, the Eric Lang Show is live. Welcome to our guest today, Mr. Tom Coyne. Eric, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is awesome. We're, uh, I, every podcast we do is in a different place. This one, we've never done a room quite as, uh, what's the word to describe this room? You're, you're the writer. It, oh, yeah, I love that. Um, it's Regal. Regal. It is, uh, we are here at the Vander, well, we're at Sleepy Hollow. Right. So this is the former Vanderbilt estate, and we're sort of in a sitting room torn, turned boardroom. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. large. It's, it's large. large. The ceilings lovely. are almost taller than the floor is wide. And it, <laughs> it is. I'm, and there's seating for about 25 mm-hmm. at one table. Yeah. <laughs> but it's we, just you and I. It's, it's just us. <laughs> Uh, the interlopers at, uh, at Sleepy Hollow. So we've got a couple bottles of water that say Sleepy Hollow on them. And so, um, well, anyway, I mean, for people that uh, are not familiar with your work, yes. let's give them a little bit of a heads up, right? So um, you've written a lot of books. A few, uh, yeah. The two that I think are at least most current or most popular in the golf industry, of course, called Ireland and of course, called Scotland, where you uh, traveled by. Uh, any means necessary to play mm-hmm. as much golf as possible in those countries. Yeah. So a course called Ireland was a story where I wanted to basically play Ireland as one giant golf course. You know, I looked at a golf map of Ireland and the country's ringed with these great links courses. So I said, I'll go play. I'll play it um, as, you know, I'll play them all rather than just, you know, one slice or, or this piece or, or, or that part. So um, in doing that, uh, if I was going to play Ireland as one, golf course you know you don't take carts over there you walk so I said I'll walk the whole thing so I did four months on foot walking the coastline and sort of playing every golf course that got in my way um you played every golf course every seaside golf course yeah okay. good so, for you. yeah I mean there are you a lot gotta of draw a line somewhere <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's the next book so, <laughs> Ireland so. the middle parts the middle bits <laughs> middle ire <laughs> So, but you, uh, I mean, that's pretty audacious endeavor. Yeah. You, uh, you know, but I mean, I definitely want to promote the new book, a course called Scotland. Indeed. Let but, us. But this came from the, this, this course called Ireland book came from where within you? So, I mean, I loved, I'd been going on golf trips to Ireland with my dad probably since, um, high school and, uh, and loved it and just fell in love with Lynx golf and, and, you know, for the Ennis Crone was the first golf course I played um, in Ireland and, and the dunes there. I just It was just something like I'd never seen before. It was like a different game, and, and it just felt, I felt really comfortable there. You know, my family many generations ago but comes from there, so I had a real affinity for the place. So, um, you know, golf in Ireland, it just made sense to me, you know, and it was definitely what I wanted my next book to be about. I just had to find a different way to do it. And, um, you know, I couldn't just go show up at a golf course and say, oh, that was great, and go to the next one and say, that was even better, you know? Nothing um, grinds <laughs> your wheels as a creative person than doing something someone's already done. No doubt. You know, um, I needed a, a different approach. And with all these projects, I need to get to the point where I feel like it's something that I really have to do and um, where it sort of takes over my life and becomes this kind of obsession, you know, that, that it's all you're thinking about and it's all you're... Um, it's all you're focused on. And so when it came, when this idea of like walking the country came up, you know, then it became, it sort of became everything. And I spent a year planning the itinerary and where I was going to be and how I was going to do it, planning my routes and, uh, or, you know, ways that I was going to get to the golf course, doing the tea times. It was just like a full-time job doing the planning. 
Because um, you had no help. You had no inside um, aid. Not necessarily. I mean, Tourism Ireland was, was helpful in doing some of the tea times, which was great. And they were very supportive. Um, but it was still up to me to figure out, you know, how am I going to find a bed every night when I have this 20-mile leash? Because I'm on foot, you know. So uh, so that took a lot of planning and a little bit of courage. And um, Because there were parts of the trip where I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But I survived to tell the tale. You're a great writer. Thank you. And, you know, uh, from what I've read, it's, it's, it's just, I find myself as a storyteller, not a great writer my, myself. I mean, I like writing. I like reading. Um, but I find myself reading sometimes and saying, that's fucking clever. Like how you, <laughs> it's, it's almost sometimes you bury the lead. You know, you know, right. I don't know if you, I don't know if you see your own work like that. But a lot of times I would, I would read something and I'd be like, he knew what he was going to say. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, I feel like a lot of times I just kind of lay it out there. I'm kind of, you know, I don't know. It is very, it felt actually like the design of a clever golf course. Clever is a word that maybe I would rather use. Intelligent golf course where Uh you're, you know, you're not just bombarded with amazingness. You're you're kind of politely, there's some foreplay there. Okay. Yeah. Where did you kind of, um, how did you fall in love with writing? Yeah. um, You know, I was, I probably started writing stories when I was, and this sounds like stupid and cliche. I hear one writer say, I was writing stories as a five-year-old. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, okay, I, Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and I guess I, but I guess I kind of was. Like, I remember in um, kindergarten, I got a dictionary, a kid's dictionary, and I wrote a story with all the words in the children's dictionary. I tried to use as many as I could, and I didn't really understand how they all fit together. But they, but so I went to school and I read this story aloud, and like the teacher freaked out because it was like I was using all these words that like a kindergartner should have no business using. And in that moment, there was something about one, I I liked playing with language, and two, I liked the approval that came with it. Right. You know, there was something about you know writing a story and having people react that. Um, I guess from a young age, I was I was into that, and I always loved to read. And I come from a big Irish family, so there's a, just a story, a lot of storytelling going on. I grew up as a caddy, which was another environment where I learned to love storytelling. Um, and so, you know, it was definitely my dream, my ambition to sort of um, to figure out a way to kind of, if, if it could be maybe not all my living, but just part of my life would, would be writing and telling stories. So, um, yeah, it's always been something, and. I guess at some point I realized, you know, in college or in graduate school, that it was the only thing I was really any good at, um, and and so I was going to give myself that time um, to, you know, I wrote a novel when I was in graduate school, this book called A Gentleman's Game, and I was going to give myself the time to uh, to to see what happened with that, and and thankfully it, it did get published and it got made into a movie and, and things pretty quickly, um, uh, you know, thankfully uh, things started to happen pretty quickly, so. You mentioned something just there about uh, this idea that, I guess, I, I can't remember what you said. I think it was before the approval. It was the idea that, uh, you know, people connect to the story. Yeah. And then and then on the golf course today, early on in the round, you mentioned the idea that the the work has a, a second life, right? Yeah. Like, Because like, I know for me, like, making the work is actually uh, pleasant enough, right? Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. And, you know, to be totally honest, um, a year ago, I was about to quit everything that I had to do with golf. I was really? literally almost done. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, not like no one was crying, but you know what I mean? Like, I would cry. I, was, <laughs> I like your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I didn't really understand 
that it meant anything to anybody else. And I ended up kind of against my will being persuaded to go to the PGA show, which is, you know, for guys like us, that's not the place to be. Right? I know. I still go though. I don't I still know. Go. And, I'm, and I'm there and I'm like, why am I here? And then by the time I leave, I'm like, oh, that was worth doing. But yeah. 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 But I went and something strange happened. Uh, some people came up to me and said, thanks for making adventures in golf. And I was like, wait, I didn't realize anyone had seen it. Right. You know what I mean? I know it had yeah. numbers. I knew it had, but the numbers were numbers. They weren't people who had lives yeah. and their own story. Yeah. And, you know, today you talked about, you know, you, t- we played it with a foursome today. You brought a friend whom you met yeah. playing golf, and he was talking about you not knowing that you were in the foursome. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, and, and, and not that that happens a lot, but, there, you know, it's a, it's a weird world. And that, that, that does happen from time to time where just so we were here at Sleepy Hollow checking in at the pro shop. And, um, and the pro, I, I gave him some books, you know, to thank them for having us. And uh, he said, oh, how many courses in Scotland did you play? And, and the woman next to me was buying a gift certificate for her sister or, or, or her daughter or something. Um, she turns to me, are, are you the guy that walked Ireland? And uh, <laughs> So cool. So whack, it's nuts, man, you know? Um, it's so cool, dude. Yeah, and in this golf world that we have, you know, um, I mean, that's not going to happen to me on, on the street in Manhattan, <laughs> and I accept, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, at a golf club, sometimes it does happen, uh, or on the golf course. So that's, yeah, that's incredible. You know, when the book, when, what, you know, when these stories, when the work that we do goes off and has a life of its own, and it's, you know, um, and it connects with people, um, that's gratifying. But like you say, like, we do it um, because this is what we do. Yeah, you know that's not uh, the why. No, I didn't, it's it, not. It, it wasn't the initial why. Not at all. But I think it's actually transformed my why a little bit now, yeah. and realizing that oh my goodness, like this is of value to not yeah. just like my stupid Chase personal banking account or right. whatever. No, absolutely. I've started to look at it that way myself because you know I'm lucky to get a lot of email from readers. Um, you know, and, and, and Touchwood, you know, the, the the Scotland book is doing well, and the Ireland book did well, and. You hear from folks who, who, who are appreciative that you went out and, and sort of lived their dream so that they could experience um, golf in Ireland or golf in Scotland. Because, you know, not everyone can play 100 courses in a summer in Scotland, and nor <laughs> a, should you. It's a high number. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I've started to look at it that way. Not that, like, um, that I'm in any sort of, like, service to anyone that, and by, through what I do. But I, that, would, I would argue that you are. But in a sense, because not everyone yeah. can do that, and they need to be able to at least live in that world. Yeah, yeah. So that's what, I mean, and th- and that sort of energi- energizes you in yeah. a way uh, that you know people say, "Are you kind of tired of doing these stories?" I'm like, "Well, you know, not until people are tired of hearing." <laughs> you know, so um, yeah. No, I feel really, really lucky, blessed to to do this for sure. What is the experience like for you? Because we talked a little bit on the course as well today about. You know, for me, the experience of making a show while traveling is, um, it is enjoyable, but it's also just terribly different from how I would live my life without a camera. Um, the experience of playing golf is much more complicated when it's yeah. like, okay, do this, do that, launch the drone, get a shot from over there. Ooh, it's rain- you know, there's a shot over here. What is the experience like for you of, is it, is it different from anybody else when you're out there? writing a book and you're playing golf and you're living the story. Yeah. I mean, I can tell it's, it's a lot tougher for you because you have to get the visual evidence, yeah. you know, you have to document it in a different way um, so that I can go around and, you know, I can, my logistics, I mean, I take a lot of notes. I take a lot of pictures. Like handwritten notes? Yeah. Basically wow. on my scorecard or, or notebook in my, in my pocket, you know, a hole I want to remember. Or if someone says something funny, 
Um, I'll just write a punchline real quick on the scorecard so that I can go back later and collect it, you know, in my journal. So the process of doing like Ireland and Scotland was, you know, I just kind of go through my day, through my golf, um, you know, you know, go through all these interesting experiences on the golf course, et cetera. And then at night or in the afternoon, whatever, when I was finished, you know, it was right to the journal and try and collect as much as I could. You have to do it right away. Yeah, I would do it the, in the same day. Yeah. You know, I would have to collect as much as I could. And especially if, if it was dialogue or if it was a joke or a story, you know, so I want to capture it as close as I, you know, as I can recall it. Um, but no, I'm not there on the golf course with... Um, a microphone in people's faces asking them questions. <laughs> I or, would do or, that. I right? do do that. You need to. I you, fucking well, do that. You totally need to do that. I was that. like, as soon as we walked off the first tee, I asked both caddies if they're okay being on camera. <laughs> and I said, because I'll blur your face out if you don't want yeah. me. <laughs> they were great. Do you, were, do you find that um, it's a burden ever? Do you ever feel like, oh, fuck, I just want to go hang with the locals and chill and get a sandwich, and then I want to go to bed? Um... No, never a burden because I love it. It's, uh, it's my job and I'm, I love it. You know? So, so at the end, so are, have there ever been times where you've been invited places and you're like, I actually have a commitment. Yeah. I, I have to make this book. I've got to work. Yeah. I, you know, I love looking at it as work too. Right. You know, I, I, I had a professor in graduate school who talked about writing and, and talked about it in the context of, of it, looked at it through the lens of it being work. Right. Um, it talks about, you know, if you want to be a professional athlete, you know, you shoot a thousand free throws a day. If you want to, you know, if you want to sort of do this as a job, you know, we don't just write when it's easy and when it's fun. Uh, we don't just write after a bottle of wine and, and when we grab a journal. We don't just write when we're inspired or we've read some great poetry. You know, we, we check in every day and we work. And, and that just really, like, appealed to me because it made me feel like, you know, this thing that I love to do isn't just a pastime. You know, it isn't just um, something I do for fun. It isn't just, um, I like the feeling of, of grinding, you know, and, and when you're doing something. On the golf like, course, no kidding. Yeah, I, I, I love to grind on the golf <laughs> you course. Gra- you were grinding today in a Dude, great I way. I had to grind, I said today. You hit some good shots, though. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was a grind. But I was grinding. I'm pretty sure you <laughs> dude, beat me. Dude, we were uh, we were at the lower end of our yeah. foursome. For you know what's sure. funny is um, the logo of Sleepy Hollow is a man riding a horse holding his head in his hand. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> you and me right now. <laughs> Fuck, man. We yeah, that's hammered. me, man. We got hammered. Um, yeah, tough one out there. But uh, so yeah, no, so, no, so I, I I I like looking at. This is a job and, and checking in and, and, and approaching it with discipline. Because if you don't, um, then it becomes, you know, uh, it's too easy to not do it. Hmm. And it's also um, all those folks who say, you know, is that your only job or is that a real job or is that or do you make money doing that? You know, it's like I never want to uh, be able to. Uh, I don't want to give those voices the answers that they think, you know, that they should get. You right. Know, the. Uh, it is it is what we do and yeah. uh and we and, you know it's it's what we do for a living i um i admire that you know because uh, it is strange for me too like i i people say you know oh must be nice and it's like well i mean right there is a large element of work to it that's like uh the truth is i do enjoy all of it so like you said like it's never the, the the experience of burden doesn't only comes to me because I sometimes hate the equipment. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I yeah, really you're out golfing like and you got to lug all the stuff around. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, like launching a fucking drone, 
and it's like it's like dangerous. Did that thing ever come back, man? It was like over <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> we got some great drone footage. Um, what uh, you <clears throat> you um, you're also a teacher. Is that is that still? I am. Current? I'm yeah. a professor at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. And yeah, and I mean, again, another tremendously gratifying it is uh, way to live your life. It really is. I love. Um, I love teaching. I've been on sabbatical for a little while, so I really love that. But <laughs> it was good timing, you know, with the book coming out. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to going back uh, to class, not only because it gives me a sort of structure that, you know, maybe missing a little bit during sabbatical. Um, but I love being around young people who want to who want to write, and uh, I, I just love talking about writing. So that's essentially what I get to do, right. um, and that's awesome. You know, there's. Uh, Sure, there's, you know, stuff about being a professor, administrative, whatever, whatever. That isn't super fun. But, um, no, I love being in the, in the room. You know, that's, uh, that's really, it is gratifying. Yeah. Do you have a hard time not favoring uh, golfer students? <laughs> I would be, I would, I would literally be like, let's hang. Dude, let's hang. So last year was the first time that I ever had golfers in my classes. So the word must be getting around. Oh, because um, they're like, oh, this is Tom motherfucking Coleman. I'm <laughs> coming in hot. I'm Sorry. coming in hot yeah. with my sticks on day one. <laughs> yeah, I had two guys on the golf team in, no in my class last year. That's so yeah, cool, man. So, But uh, they're good students. What's they, the best compliment job. you've ever gotten from your work? Um, from... Like my writing or my from teaching? Your, from your writing. From my writing. Um, I think the, the a compliment that I enjoy hearing the most is um, that it's not just a golf book. You know, I always like that. Yeah. Or, or when um, it's not, or when a, a, a woman reads the book and says, oh, it's not just for men, you know, or it's not just a golf book, or it's not just about Ireland, or it's not just about Scotland. That makes me feel great. You know, because I got into this as a fiction writer. I was a fine, you know, an English major and a fine arts major, and I wanted to, you know, we all want to write the great American novel and all that kind of stuff. And my my career is taking this path toward golf, which is wonderful and great. And I've and I've, I feel like I have a good place there now. And it's just and it's, you know, I feel very fortunate for that. But um, when people realize that, oh, he's not just writing golf stories. That that maybe uh, his stories are about other things. That they're hopefully for me that they're about people and relationships um, and, and characters doing um, interesting things, characters in crisis, which is essentially what story is. Um, so, But are you in crisis in these books? I think not crisis, but I think there's always a challenge. You know, right. I mean, if, if there's no problem, there's no story. Yes. In each chapter, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Especially no. the Askernish chapters. Yeah. There's a problem in every chapter. There should be a problem in every paragraph. You know, because if wow. you're if you're not, um, you know, drama comes from the word for crisis. So so, you know, without story, um, I mean, without without a problem, you don't have a story. So um, yeah, that's how I the lens through which I try to look at all all my writing is, what am I trying to overcome in this scene or this chapter or whatever? Or even if I'm writing about something else uh, that's not about me, which I don't do enough of, I should do more of. You know, I'm, I'm always thinking of it in terms of you know. What is the the conflict? What's what's the problem? What's trying to be overcome? You know, because that's why we listen and listen to stories. You know, are we doing a story right now? I guess so. What are we trying to overcome? <laughs> We're trying to overcome our bad golf <laughs> and our. Uh, you know what I mean? People are listening, and yeah. we're you're telling me a story about you. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you a story about me, and and I guess the things that um, 
uh, you know, the, the sort of journey that I've been on, right. right? You know? So when you zoom out a little bit and you look at your life, how old are you? 43. It's incredible. Well, you're like 32 or something. I'm 37. You've Child. lived so much for 42. You've lived a lot. You've done a lot. Thank you. And thanks for making me 42 there as well. <laughs> I'm 43. <laughs> hey, just rounding down. That's, that's uh, my <laughs> golf agree. scorecard uh, yeah, that's, habits. That's, that's kind of how our scorecard <laughs> went today, dude. You, you made a lot of newspaper uh, bogeys. I had a five. Uh, <laughs> put a little X. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Um, no, but when you zoom out yeah. and you look at your life yeah. and you look at the way we all live our lives and you look at what you just said, story, what the fuck, man? Like, 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 do, do you just ever have like a big bang moment where you're like, oh, it's all about this or that? Do you, do you have those? Sometimes. Sometimes. And, and I think there's some in, um, there's probably one or two of those in the Scotland book. Mm. Um, and I think that, uh, but those moments are, are elusive, you know, when, when sort of things come together like that. Uh, and, uh, Golf is a kind of a way that I think that I probably find them sometimes, you know, um, through the travel and through the people that I've met and, and, and some of the experiences. Uh, there, there are some of those moments where things kind of come together and um, make sense in a way that uh, surprise you. I guess what I'm saying is like is like um, when, when I'm saying it's all like this or that, like like it's like like why do we care about mm-hmm. stories? Yeah, because I've spent most of my life doing it. Whether it's been a still image or a short documentary or a show about going somewhere, I mean, I, Isn't I think funny? yeah. Why? 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 Well, I because we spend say. all of our time, almost all of our time, we either are making money mm-hmm. or we are sleeping or eating or we're digesting stories. Because I feel I feel like it's in our DNA. I think that. Um, I feel like there's something biochemical almost about it because, I mean, if you pro- now this sounds like one of my classes. This is creative writing with Professor Coyne. And, uh, you know, why You're stories late, matter. Day, day number one, why stories matter. Because, I mean, even like look at it in evolution. Like Homo sapien comes along and he can understand story, right? He can understand, he can learn from what other people have done. And that is a survival technique for oh. sure, right? So, I mean... You know, at some point, some guy's writing on a cave wall. He's like, this is how I got the bear. Or this is how the bear got me. <laughs> and I think, it goes, I think it goes back that far. And I think that that was a survival, something that we developed um, as, as human beings, is, is our ability to understand and digest stories, one of the things that helped us survive. So um, I, need, I need to tell you something. Yeah, I have to be able to tell you. It's very important that you understand what I'm about to tell you, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's I would never even thought of that. Well, don't you think? Because, you know, it just feels like our need to consume stories, right? Like we're always, because that's how we learn about how you know how to not make mistakes or how to avoid how to survive. You know, to learn from, and that's why, frankly, we don't like happy stories. We like we like to learn from people's mistakes. Mm. You know, um, if you don't have. Uh, 
that and like my students sometimes like to write stories where nothing bad happens or there aren't any problems. And I said, well, you don't have a story because a story is about, we want to learn how someone either overcomes something, um, in which case, you know, okay, we're in the realm of comedy. And if they don't overcome, we're talking about tragedy, two types of, of, of stories. So, um, yeah, story is how we learn. It's how we learn to be human. It's how we learn to live. Um, it's how we learn to make the right choices, you know. And, and that's, that's, that goes back probably a long way. Yeah. When you, do you have any theories about the origin of golf? <laughs> sure because this um, is the story we tell ourselves that we don't quite know yeah it's true we don't know do we know we don't really know i mean i some of the the version that i like is that it comes from this other game well then what's the version of that where's that other game come from but it <laughs> the comes danish from game that, yeah, yeah from golf whatever yeah. that seems to make the most sense yeah. so it was like ice with a stick and there was a hole yeah so they're playing to the stick in the ice but even before that, I guess they were whacking it around the countryside. China? To, yeah. Well, then China's whacking a, a ball with a stick. So, but I mean, I think if you're like, all right, where did the Scottish game of golf come from? Um, I think it came over with. There seems to be like some artwork suggesting like, okay, this is how Scottish wool traders brought it over from Holland, and et cetera. So maybe that's it. Yeah. You, you, do you care a lot about history? I guess I'm kind of getting more into it with the yeah. Scottish book. I didn't care so much about it in the Irish book because golf in Ireland isn't about history. No. You know, it's a new game there. and it's You, you did uh, such a great job of opening up the Scottish book with the story about St. Andrew. Oh, thank you. I uh, was, like, at the same time, I was, like, so excited that I knew it, but also so, like, kind of riddled that I didn't know it. Yeah. The story of St. Andrew and right. kind of... Uh, you know, can you can you just breeze over that for, yeah, the, for so the people I kinda, who haven't read it yet? I, I, I sort of open with, um, I guess you're probably not sure who I'm talking about when I when it does open, but I talk a little go. bit see, about that's, it. You see, buried it for me, and I was like, I had to go back and read it again. <laughs> you wrote a full fucking page, and finally found out who you're talking about, and I started over again, and that's I was like, my goal. am I stupid? I want everyone. <laughs> that's my goal. If I can make reread and reread. Professor Coyne. Right. Fuck me over again. Gotcha. Um, no, but St. Andrew, I, I talk about his, his um, basically where the town of St. Andrews comes from. And, you know, St. Andrew's apostle, martyred, hang, hung on a crooked cross because he didn't want to be crucified like Christ um, in the same mode. Hum- and humility for wise. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, and his bones uh, were washed ashore in a storm um, at what is now the town of St. Andrews in Scotland. So they were trying to move his bones uh, for protection. And um, there was this vision in a dream that, that a saint had, I've got to move the bones because here come, you know, because um, of this invasion, whatever. They land in St. Andrews and it's just, um, and it's by an act of like nature that they end up there. And so that town, which was probably just a tiny little fishing village, you know, becomes St. Andrews. And so now then it gets a cathedral, then it gets a castle, then it gets a university, um, and then it gets some golf. And it really becomes what is, I think is the perfect town in the world for all those reasons, for having all those things. Um, and so this notion of St. Andrews as it was literally a pilgrimage town to come see the martyr's bones. Um, and now it's, it's a pilgrimage town as well, for, just for a different reason, for, mm. you know, suckers like us. So, you're, and you're going there soon, aren't you? Poor sojourners looking for a birdie. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, you're, you're going soon, aren't you? Going in a couple weeks, yeah. yeah man. Um, you, uh, 
so so when you're playing golf, right? You how do you look at the playing of golf with uh, people you either do or don't know? Is there anything you um, try to bring to the game as a storyteller yourself? I mean, do do you ever look at it like, you know? Because I guess for me, like I look at golf and I'm like. Well, I heard the story about Bill Murray. We're at his club. Let's tell the story. He goes and he's out with three or four executives. It's some type of work thing, right? He, right. And and he doesn't know them, and he's not playing very well. And the, and the other guys are like, "Geez, he's kind of like, he's like not really a funny guy, you know." <laughs> and he's playing like shit. And then on like the tenth hole, he goes, he goes, uh, "All right, guys, if I hit a good shot, I'll be funny for the rest of the day." And then he put it in the woods and didn't say another word. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 do you ever have those moments? Because you clearly have and understand the ability to manifest whatever you want in your life, more or less. I mean, you, you've, you basically were like, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I made a book. Everyone read it. They're like, this is great. Do it again. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and now, do you ever take that into your golf round? Because you, you know, you're, you're riddled with the same difficulties of playing golf that we all are, even Absolutely. Tiger Woods where the performance sort of bleeds into the experience. Yeah. How do you deal with that, knowing so much about the game and the origin of the game and the why of the story? Yeah. It, um, it, it Sometimes it can definitely make golf, you know, not fun um, and more challenging than... Uh, yeah, because, I mean, I, I did a book called Paper Tiger where mm. I tried to play pro golf. And so I learned golf at, like, a very micro level, um, the golf swing and... Um, my, my, from a very sort of biomechanical kind of even point of view. Um, and it was almost sort of like too much knowledge. So, I mean, I guess I just go out and I try to, um, you know, I just try to make a number. I, I try to, I try to do, uh, I'm, I'm probably more focused now on, uh, my, which I shouldn't be because I've, I've written all this stuff about like just enjoy golf in Ireland don't worry about your score don't, don't worry about your score in Scotland blah 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 <laughs> just have fun but I'm like so score focused now because I feel like I just need something to keep making it count interesting you know that it needs to I don't even like playing like in Philadelphia our handicaps shut off at November 1st so our score we can't even record scores for our handicap so like I've never heard of that yeah it's what weird the, well, you, well you warm weather yeah, lucky bastards. What What's the weather like in November? I've never experienced it. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, a lot like the, July for it's us. November. <laughs> um, so I don't even like playing then because I can't. The the score, um, it doesn't count. Interesting. Uh, so it's so it's weird. I wouldn't have expected that. I know. Yeah. I sh- <laughs> shouldn't I be like some spirit golfer who's just out there like? <laughs> no, really, I should. Um, and just sort of like. Uh, who score who cares just it's all about the experience and the soul and all that stuff and and that's all in the scotland book and i do believe in all of that but i still think like i gotta record something i've got i've got to like test yesterday against today right. um and and that keeps it interesting for me because i think if i lost that um i don't know i, I probably get to the point where you're like dude i've played like a lot of golf i've, <laughs> I've done this you know um, there aren't that many surprises left, um, but the thing that just keeps you going is like, uh, is the putt is the putt that didn't fall. Yeah, you know, it's it's damn. Yeah, I'll keep I, chasing. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to forget those actually. <laughs> <laughs> you made a bomb today, I think. Maybe uh, yeah. or no, or you hit the I back of it and hopped out. Or made something. a good one um, today. Yeah, today. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I played some bad golf, but um, did you hit it far? For the record, in case any all of you haven't played with 
Eric, he can bomb it. We can um, hit a good one. We can hit a good one. Yeah. I can also explode, <laughs> which right. is when the bomb detonates too close to the uh, yeah. detonator. Um, you, um, oh, fuck, I just had something talking about the score. And um, yeah, I mean, what's left for you on your bucket list for golf, for your own golf yeah. game? What do you want? Um, I think that, uh, I mean, there are things that I'd love to do just like as a golfer, I'd love to win my club championship. I'd love to like do Sick. some stuff. Like, I wanted that too. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So there's like little stuff like that. I mean, not that that's a little thing, but just, um, just things that like every spring get you excited again, you know, for the season there's, there's, there's definitely, um, and local events and stuff like that. Uh, things I'd like to see in places I'd like to go um, probably are mostly in this country now, you mm. know, because I've done Ireland, um, Scotland, and I, and I still go back to Ireland and Scotland every year. We bring folks on this trip called the Coin Cup every year, and it's great fun, and, and, and I go back for other reasons too, and which all have to do with golf. Is that an open event or like an invite only? No, it's an open event. When, Anyone can. When is it? I want to go. What the fuck? Dude, <laughs> um, this year is going to be the first week of August. We're going to be in the Highlands. Um, so this just happened. So we just decided. I mean, we just locked in. Oh, the um, next year. The next year, because we just came back from uh, north from Donegal. Coin Cup three was uh, up in up in Northwest Ireland. How cool! It was awesome. So we have like we've had between like forty and sixty people come, just friends or readers of the books. Um, you just sign up with old this company, Old Sod Travel, runs it for me. And uh, and we do a Ryder Cup thing, Team Coin versus Team, and they're and all the characters from the book, like from the books, come. No so, way! Yeah, it's so much fun. Like uh, Patty the Caddy comes, and Grandma Billy, and just the different folks who are part of the stories. People must be blown away. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, if you're a reader and and you're into the books, and then you're like, you come on a coin cup, and you're in the book. <laughs> you know, because we go back to the courses and the people who were there, we hang out with them and, and, and we play and, and it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Has anyone ever been like, has anyone ever had like a funny response? Like, because I would imagine people would show up and just be like, what the, I didn't think you looked like that. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the response to, um, well, I think people are always like disappointed that they're like, I thought you were funnier. Um, you know, <laughs> your book's really funny. You're not like a, you're not like a gregarious guy. Like you're not going to go, I mean, are you? I don't know. I think, um, I'm like an extroverted isolator. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so conflicted. Yeah. So like I can definitely do that thing. I can be like tour operate. Like I, I can put that hat on, but at right. the end of the day, I want to go back to my room and chill out. Yeah. You know? so. Writers are kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you talk in your book a lot about uh, your like you get pretty personal in there, and I noticed you yeah. said that you don't drink. Yeah, I don't drink either. What 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 was that like for you? So yeah, I mean it's definitely a part of the story that um, you know in my Ireland book. I mean my Ireland book, you can get drunk just from like holding it for too long. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I haven't read it. Yet. Yeah, no, I mean there's a fair amount of um, of pub. I mean I go to like two hundred something pubs in that story. So. Um, there's a lot of time between Ireland and, and the Scotland book. And, and that was a, a time of a lot of change, a lot of, um, a lot of darkness, uh, then a lot of, uh, good things too, you know? So it was definitely a huge turnaround and change in my life. And, and it's something that I do talk about in the Scotland book. It's, it's, it's something that I felt like I couldn't leave off the table because if I was, if, I mean, if I did, um, you know, then the reader wasn't really getting the whole story. Then they weren't really getting how much, um, the trip mattered to me and how much my 
now that I'm able to travel and golf again and travel again and write again, um, when there was a time not that long ago when I couldn't um, because of like where I was health-wise. Uh, I'm sorry was, to hear that. Yeah, no, I was in, I was in bad shape, man. Yeah. I, was, I, was in, I was in bad shape. And, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, to go from that to, walk, to, to being, you know, at a place like Askernish at sunset and looking around and being healthy and alive and thinking this life is a fucking miracle, you know? And just, uh, like, so if I left that out of the story, I think the reader would have, I would have been shortchanging the reader and I wouldn't be honest. I wouldn't be being honest about what the story really meant to me. Um, so I do, you know, talk a, bit, a little bit about how my life has changed. Were you conflicted about including that? I was, I was, cause I wasn't sure how people were going to react. Um, there's this, you know, I, my last book had a pint of beer on the cover for crying out loud, you know? So it's like, <laughs> sort know, of a different demo. Yeah. So how am I going to, people that love that angle of it, how are they going to react to this? And, and, you know, that, my story of, uh, the changes I've made in my life it's a minor part of the book. It's in the background. It's, uh, there are still, there's still plenty of advice on pubs and whiskey tours and things like that. If that's your thing, but your books are not a a travel guide to be clear. They're not, um, do they function that way on some level? You're thinking they do. I I will. Cause I hear from people who tell me we used your book as our travel guide. Like we, I got a lot of questions for, to you from my, from my followers. They were like, uh, ask him what his favorite, and I was like, no, I'm not going to ask him what his favorite course is. Not going to do that. I don't want to know. Right. Well, you can, they can read the book, too. They can. Yeah. But, I mean, it's St. Andrews. I love St. Andrews. I just asked you. I'm a dick. You did. No, no but I would say my favorite in Scotland is Cruden Bay, actually, right. above Aberdeen. We're trying to get there. So we should. It's awesome. So, so anyway, you, you decided to include it, mm-hmm. and um, you talked about authenticity. I mean... You know, is there any, you know, you're on social media. Yeah. Coin writer, C-O-Y-N-E writer, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, Do you, how do you gauge authenticity or do you value that? I mean, you know, like in the world we live in now, you know, have you seen that decline? Have you seen, how long have you been teaching? Oh, geez. Uh, Since probably 15 years. So you've seen, uh, and how old are the kids? Uh, they're college students and 20. some graduate students. Yeah, so they're in their so, 20s. So you've seen like 15 years of kids come through. And yeah. so you probably, more than most people, have an actual barometer for what the fuck is going on in the you know advance of technology and social media and all mm-hmm. this stuff. When do you, could you ever reflect on that and think about how that applies to story and authenticity? Yeah, right. Um, that's a big question. It's a big, that big a, fucking question. It's a big fucking question, man. Um I think it's, I mean, the way I approach it and look at it as a teacher um, is that I just, I really try to get students to just, um, just pay, you know, to, to the distraction that they deal with in their lives today. Um, their constant distraction of looking at their phones. And, and, and I deal with it too. You know, and so it's a real challenge to try and get folks just to be present and sit and be with your thoughts. Um, so, so I feel like sometimes as a writing instructor, I'm like a little bit of like a guru. Like, you know, like we'll go outside and just listen to the breeze for a class or something um, just because I need them to be able to check out. 
and, and, and let their mind go to interesting places and, and to stop consuming, consuming, consuming information. Um, so, yeah, that's changed. That's definitely a, a challenge. But um, what's also cool, though, is that technology and the way that students um, are, how well they use it, uh, it always kind of impresses me in terms of how they can use it for storytelling as well, you know, their comfort level with um, using different kind of media. and I mean, which is sort of more like what you do, but, but how uh, they can put things together that, that do tell stories. Um, granted, they're shorter and they move quicker and they're sort of <laughs> for the shorter attention span, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a challenge. The, the challenge with students is the same that we all have right now, which is to, you know, can we just chill out? And right. can we pay attention for a minute? Um, and uh, they can. It just uh, you got to be more conscious of it. I uh, whenever I get on a plane, I do nothing. Really? I do nothing. That is cool. I just fucking sit there. Get out. I try not to get That's the Wi-Fi. That's make people uncomfortable and shit. Like next to you, <laughs> especially with like this long-haired guy next to me, who's just fucking sitting here. I swear to God, he's gonna blow this plane up. Yeah. No, I really don't. I, I try not to get the Wi-Fi. Yeah. I don't want to watch one of those shitty movies they're going to sell me. Now, 10-hour, 12-hour, 14-hour flight, I'll do something. Yeah, but yeah, LA yeah. to New York, five hours, I do nothing. I just fucking sit there. That's weird. <laughs> well, I was, I was feeling like maybe you did the same thing because what you were making me think of is like as a person whose job it is, your job is yeah. to digest the world yeah. and to then spit it back out in a way that makes sense to people who care. Yeah. And I don't know, I just think about, like, I've always sort of said, yeah, I just, like, look out the fucking window, or I just look around, and... That is know. so great that you can do that. I think it's amazing. Well, I'm also terrified of flying, so that's... <laughs> oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like flying, but it's getting better, but it's not... A, I don't think it has As much as you travel. That. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. not that good. Um, do you have any habits as a traveler, right? You've gotten good at traveling, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, any strange... Uh, what do I do? I, I eat bugles. When What's I, a bugle? Oh my God, the trumpets? Yeah, I eat the They're fucking so finger good. trumpets, the, the finger hat things. Because <laughs> you can only get, I've only seen them in airport in those news places. Yeah. And I always get a big bag of bugles when I travel, when I fly. It's like my comfort food. Because I'm not a great flyer either. Um, and that's just something in my routine that makes me comfortable. I always pay for the extra legroom too. Or uh, That's I, mandatory. Yeah, mandatory. Yeah, I've gotten... Um, yeah, I, uh, what other habits do I have? I just want to say, I, I, I could be going out on a limb here, but I think bugles are healthy. <laughs> I think so? I think to, they are. To eat the whole bag in a 45-minute <laughs> flight? Because it's just salt and corn. <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't know, like, Doritos, that's another step. It is, into the unhealthiness. I think bugles yeah. might have no artificial ingredients. I think so. I think this podcast is brought to you by bugles. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. Um, oh. They really, they're crunchy as hell. Yeah, dude. Anyway, um, any other kind of... Uh... Um, no, I mean, I've just gotten better at navigating. Uh, I, I've, I've, like, upgraded to um, every fancy credit card that I can get to get status uh, or anywhere that, or to get in any lounge that I can get into. Oh, yeah. I've just tried to make travel as easy as it can be. Um, and I feel like even if I'm spending more money on it than I should... Um, hey, I don't spend money on booze anymore, so if I want to buy a first-class <laughs> ticket upgrade, yeah. I'm going to. And then um, the irony is in first class. Right? And I'm booze. not getting all that free booze. Yeah, so I know. That's sad. Um, tis. So, uh, so I think there are things you can do to make it 
that that I'm doing. That I'm a psycho flyer when it comes to like booking and shit. Yeah. What, what's your airline? American. American. Because yeah. Philly, it's a big hub. Oh yeah, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. PHL. Yep. Uh, most delayed airport in America, I've heard. Is that- yeah, it's like. <laughs> My friend, my friend Christian Hafer, he comes out of there and he's like, literally, they will lose your bag and it will be late every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's uh, okay. So, so um, you know, I open up a course called Scotland. Yeah. I look at the fucking map. I get turned on, you know, as a golfer <laughs> should. Good. I get turned on and I look at the list on the map. Yeah. And I see all the courses you played. Some of them you played twice. Yeah, a couple. a couple. Yeah. But there's one course you played four fucking times. Yeah. And I saw it and my heart swelled up because you and I have something wonderful in common mm-hmm. that that we experienced in Scotland that I it sounded like you had a bit of a hint about it and you knew uh well your friend didn't give you the scoop. Right. But I, I sort of went in there literally knowing zero. Like, yeah. like, and you had you at least read the article about Askernish? I had. That's how I knew about it. David Owen's article. The David, Ghost are you friends with Mr. David Owen? I've met him a couple. Yeah, I would say we're. He's a I've, great guy. We've met a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he came on the podcast around the Masters and talked about. Um, oh, I'm. Blanking. Well, he did a Masters book, The Making of the Masters, yeah, which was yeah. really successful. And so he talked about Clifford Roberts and okay. his uh, wonderful. Uh, you know, store enigmatic to some extent story. Yeah. Um, chairman of Augusta national swipe back or something and go listen to that one. But, um, Askernish. Askernish. So talk to me. I was like, you know, the book's coming out. I've written my Askernish chapter. It's sort of, sort of the culmination of my journey. And there I am on Facebook watching fucking Eric Anders Lang. <laughs> and fucking Askernish. <laughs> ruin it and I'm like what the fuck man um, oh, watching him like in the pub like hey this place is called Askers let's go no that was great what you guys shot that was I really sco- I scooped you you totally scooped, you. scooped me I came in and I scooped you I know I, I wish there was like an email thread that I would have to delete to prove that I didn't know about it no I know it was legit you scooped me and then DJ did a piece about it. DJ Pajowski did a piece I brought DJ to Askernish was that he was part of that yeah it was my idea we were sitting, I mean, true to form, we were sitting in a tie place. I didn't see place. him in the video. Was he in the video? Uh, I didn't include him in the cut. Gotcha. Yeah, for reasons totally benign. Fair enough. <laughs> and, um, you know, but what's funny is, uh, you know, well, just to sidetrack for a tiny second, um, The Lost Course uh, Lost was course, a, yeah. was um, was the name of the episode, but I'm actually, I didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say is, um, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it's with Pratima Sherpa in Nepal. Uh, we did an episode with this young girl oh, yeah. who lives on, lives yeah. on the golf course in Kathmandu. I, I scooped... Uh, wait, no. I scooped someone else? No, shit. Well, uh, wait. Maybe I shouldn't tell this story. Someone posted like a four-minute video yeah. of them meeting her. I saw that, and then I went. And then what's funny is... This is why I want to tell the story. Then ESPN went back and did a 30-minute piece on her. Yeah. She met Tiger Woods. And what's funny is on the internet, people were saying that I got scooped. And I was like, no, dude, like, um, I can't remember his name, but he's a, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. There's an O in there, uh, Ali Oscar Horowitz. Uh, yeah. he, he was the original, uh, what do you call it when someone finds a story? There's a word for it in the writing world. Um, the person the lead found the story. <laughs> Oscar found the story. It's, his name's probably uh, not Oscar, but Horowitz, yeah, he is. found the story, and I 
Um, so he didn't steal it from me. I stole it from him. So I just, you know, like, just want to be clear on what I steal. Okay, that's good. So I stole your story, but I didn't know it. No, no, no. It was, and, and, you know, the story John Garrity had written about Askernish, David Owen had written about it. Um, so the story was out there. Um, and the course was, had been redone, you know, yeah. they, they found it. So it's just such a cool thing, you know, that there's this legend that Tom Morris had been to this far flung Scottish Isle in Southeast East <laughs> and, uh, and that he built this, his like masterpiece was built there, but that they kind of really, lost it. Do you really believe it's his masterpiece? Um, <sighs> I haven't played enough old Tom courses to know. Well, I mean, Cruden Bay is an old Tom course. So, you know, if it's his masterpiece or not, it's just... It's just so fucking far away. It's so fucking unique. Yeah. It's just, the, it's like an... I can't, any sort of metrics by which I would measure any sort of, any golf course, I can't apply to the Askernish thing because it's so different. It's it's just, it is literally a pilgrimage. It's a, it's You're trying to go, it's a chance to sort of see a Tom Morris course that's been in a time capsule because it hasn't been touched. It's just been, it was left there for a hundred years. Um, and it's a chance to, to, to sort of really play um, golf uninterrupted, unadorned. Um, golf in its sort of probably its most pure sense, not uh, golf that isn't too, um, too perfect or too pristine. It's just everything about the experience to me just really um, made me, I, I was, I don't know, I was tapping into something where I felt like I understand why this game works and why this game has been around and why it succeeded. Uh, by by the time that I had it at Askernish, you know, and that was was such a gift. Podcast done. <laughs> I mean, I think right. Do you have any questions for me? I don't know. I can't think of anything else. I would want to. Uh, no, I would just encourage everyone to uh, go check out a course called Scotland, and uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Go to Co- or is it Coinwriter on Twitter as well? Yeah, it's Coinwriter. Yeah, follow so. Tom. He, uh, you're very, you're very active. You're very uh, not physically, but online. I mean, I try. To, I try <laughs> to be not as active as you. We right. can only aspire. Um, but uh, you definitely. I was pleased. Some people bought the book just from when I was posting about it during jury duty, and I and I was reading it. Dude, that was yeah. Stuff and, like that, that word of mouth, and especially online, and, yeah, you know, that's so helpful. Yeah, so you know, Tom's a good guy. So if you share about the book, you're actually doing something good. Um, <laughs> and check it out. I think, um, I think it's one of those things that you know, when we, it, it doesn't happen often enough where people get together nowadays and they say, "Have you seen, um, you know." Game of Thrones or something. I don't know. I've never seen it. But or have you seen whatever? I always talk about Band of Brothers. Have you seen Band of Brothers? Uh, oh, jeez. Because no. you look exactly like Damian Lewis too. I, I yeah. You my, get Damian Lewis. I bet. My wife uh, wishes I really look like him. <laughs> she my wife has it. a thing for Damian Lewis. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but uh, anyway, check out Band of Brothers. Um, but you know, I, I I would love to this idea of the coin cup and and you know rallying around what you've written is a great way to basically go to Scotland and uh, really save on airfare. There you go. It's, it's solid. It's, That's a, good, it's, it's a good anti-airfare. <laughs> you know, because the truth is, planes there's a ton of exhaust. The right. food's never very good. They're terrifying. Yeah. Save so, the planet. Yeah. Save yourself save the stress. The, save the flight. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful transportation, uh, transportative <laughs> book. 
that I really enjoyed. And I just, it was great because I felt like when I read it, I was like, we are basically the same person. Yeah. Because we're motivated by the same thing, yeah. which is to just go into the unknown and, uh, you know, come back and tell people about it. Yeah. That's where you figure stuff out. Yeah. So. Uh, and go to, someone meant to, someone went to Askernish a couple of weeks ago and I was like thrilled. Do people hit you up and they're like, I went to, and. Um, yeah, that's starting to, I'm starting to get a few like that. I mean, the book came out in July, but I'm, I'm starting to hear from folks who are going to places that they might not have. Um, and that is, uh, that's awesome. And it certainly happened with the Ireland book and that, that just, when you see it actually make a difference, maybe for a club or a course that people wouldn't have spent their money at. And now they are. Uh, that is like gratifying in a whole new, amazing way. Right. Uh, so very cool time. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for your time. And uh, thanks for getting my shaggy wig onto Sleepy Hollow. Dude, this was fun, man. This, this course is fantastic. If, 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 uh, if you ever have the chance to play Sleepy Hollow, do not pass it up. Just amazing. Do you, I, 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 just last thing, like, because, you know, we're here. It's been a wonderful treat. Um, I had a moment out there today where I was like, if this course was four years old, would you and I care? Hmm. If it didn't have the... Would you and I be as mm, about it? Would if we... it didn't have the Rainer and the yeah. McDonald's and the... Yeah. If someone had just built it, and then you and I, would we be like, oh, this is interesting? We'd be like, that's weird. Eh. No, I would be into it. You would still be into Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You think? I think the... the I feel I like mean, I'm very shallow. The setting is incredible, but the, the whole, I mean... Every hole is interesting and different and challenging, and uh, it's just it just was so much fun. I just yeah. loved it, even though I played like garbage. Well, I loved it too, and you played like garbage, just like myself. We did. We uh, our guests together. played great. How about that? Our fucking guests played amazing. Two guys came with a dirty machine. <laughs> Tom invited his friend. I invited a friend that I had never met. I never met Jake. Yeah, and uh, he rolls in with a. With a goatee, long hair, and a Grateful Dead hat. Yeah, he tells me he's a fucking zero. <laughs> and he on goes, the first birdie, team. birdie, yeah. par. I'm like, there's no way this guy's scratch. He goes, fucking yeah. three, three, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like, was. All right. Yeah, it was basically a match. We played it. We played team play. Yeah. But it was basically a match between Brandon and uh, Jacob. So Pretty much. You yeah. and I kind of uh, <laughs> came in for comic relief. Exactly. Well, and... we were here to do a podcast, and that's what we've done. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please check out Tom's great work. Bye.